have, have George say this. Um, Owen should give us a clip for the beginning. I'll just go, well, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, there you go. You just said it all for yourself. That's the new clip. <laughs> okay. Oh, d- I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime and I fully regretted it. But yeah, here we go. <laughs> Little Messi drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. <laughs> I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. And that Campbell oh, Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. Pele is Jay from in between us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Shall we want it? If you say it, say it with chest. <laughs> Sorry, you just have to guess. Do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar, from what oh. I read. <laughs> Mara who, sorry? You're a pair of twats, you know that. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Mostalgia FC with your hosts, me, Drew. And me, George. And still for the World Cup, me, Owen. Still for the World Cup, like this isn't the second episode. <laughs> yep, still here. Welcome back, Owen. Still here. Not yet. Still time. So we're back again with another World Cup special episode. If you haven't guessed already, we've already told you about it six times, but every episode we drop this month is going to be all about the World Cup in some different format. So today's format is brought to you by Mr. Owen Quiltercone. Owen, what is it? Today we are looking at the never played at the World Cup 11. So this is a list of players that, for some reason or another, they never made it to the biggest tournament in world football. What a shame. Nice. Sorry, that sounded so disingenuous. Sar- <laughs> oh, what a shame. No, what a shame. no, it sounded so sarcastic. I actually meant it as well. <laughs> so, yeah, Owen has delved the depths of the history of football to find the best starting 11 of players that had never played at the World Cup. So, uh, we have seen this team, so we're going to reel it off to you. One pick by one pick. If you can think of any others, um, then get your own podcast and record an episode for it there. <laughs> Don't do that. Though. I'm joking, really of course. Tell us so we can record... Yeah, tell us so we can record a second episode. That's what I really meant to say, of course. <laughs> and take your ideas. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we need someone to sponge off. Anyway, let's get straight down to business. Formation, we've gone for a 3-4-3. Made popular currently by Chelsea. They're like a 3-4-3. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tottenham sometimes play a 3-4-3. Very popular in the, in the current game of football. Not so much when most of these players were playing, but that's irrelevant because it's our team and we'll do what we want. Right, so goalkeeper. <laughs> Only seems right that the goalkeeper says the goalkeeper. Owen! Get us going. All right, so we're going to start with um, a goalkeeper from our neck of the woods. It is Neville Southall. Big Woo. Nev. Big Nev. Perhaps, perhaps one of the uh, the best goalkeepers, perhaps the best goalkeeper Wales has ever produced. Yeah, well, I was about to say, nicknamed the Roly-Poly Goalie, so we, we share a nickname at least. Um <laughs> Am I missing something? When has anyone ever nicknamed you that? <laughs> About 30 seconds ago when he just said it. Self-proclaimed. You don't hear the conversations I have with my mum. Oh, no, Dawn. Shout out, Dawn. Right. So, back onto the Neville. 
Got some great, yeah. great content about Neville here, right? So first off, straight off the bat, in conjunction with what we are currently doing with our faces, Neville was a pioneer of the footballing moustache. Yeah. Very nearly made it into our moustache 11. If Fantastic. not for David Seaman, he would have. Great stash. He is from Thundidno, so near us. There's recently been a documentary on Neville Southall um, based around his ascent to glory from the playing for a Thundidno amateur team to playing for Everton's first team and for the Wales International. Um, fun fact about him, when he was, I think he was nine, he was playing for the men's team. That is incredible. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming he was tall. Yeah. That's insane, <laughs> isn't it? I hope so, otherwise... Well, yeah, because when... No, you, stand when there, you're... mate, just get pelted. <laughs> when you're nine years old as well, usually you play in, like, the... Not even half-size goals, like... The tiny little goals at nine nine years of age, so... Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. So, yeah, big Nev. Another great one for you. Uh, Neville Southall uh, once featured in a video with Michael Owen, where Neville Southall was uh, coaching a 13-year-old goalkeeper, and they had Michael Owen as the striker trying to score against the 13 year old and Michael Owen was a young man himself at the time I think this was like late late 90s Michael Owen was pretty much scoring every single time and I mean every time and like this guy has just won the Ballon d'Or and he's going against this 13 year old and then he keeps going he keeps going and then Michael Owen keeps making comments about like the goal that he just scored he's like rubbing his hands together and he's celebrating and then he scores one goal and Neville Southall has been coaching this kid the whole time he gets really annoyed he goes Congratulations, Michael. He's 13. <laughs> Just one of my favourite clips. Hates Michael so Owen. Funny. So good. So good. <laughs> I've. Um, and the last one on. Go on, go on. I was going to say, I've, I've actually met uh, Neville Southall, which I alluded to on our last episode. And he, he came to do. Uh, I used to work in a holiday park, and he came to do a. Uh, like Everton's training camp or something like that in the, in the holiday park. And he was the one that they brought along. And I remember he came into the bar and he gave me a handshake. And the size of his hands were like double mine. And I haven't got small hands or anything like that. It was like double the size of my hands. It was terrifying. He's an incredibly big human being. And it was him and Frank Bruno came and did a talk on one of the evenings. And Frank Bruno's a big man, right? Yeah, Frank Bruno's a big man. Neville Southall, much bigger. Like, much bigger. I couldn't get over the size of this man. And very, 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 very nice guy as well. I have also met Neville Southall, which I had forgotten until you mentioned that you'd met him in the last episode that we spoke about him. So, where I used to work, uh, popular adventure location, undisclosed, I was uh, in an underground office, and we got a phone call from the top saying, oh my God, Gary Neville's here. Like, What? Like, Gary Neville's here with his family. We're like, Gary Neville? What the heck's he doing here? That's insane. So me and my friend, very excited about this. So we're like, oh my God, we're going to meet Gary Neville? This is insane. Like, do we ask him for a picture? What, like, I don't really know what the, the, the thing is with meeting players. I don't know what to do. So we stood outside this little office and we waited and we waited and we waited. And then a group walked past. No Gary Neville. I was like, where the heck is he? And I turned my head to my left and... Neville Southall walks past. It's like, hi, Neville. So, obviously, it's it's great to see Neville Southall, but I'd seen him before, but all hyped up for Gary Neville to walk past, and then Neville Southall walks past. So we're like, oh, wrong Neville. 
<laughs> Someone's just heard the name Neville and footballer and just assumed. Yeah, I'm just yeah. gone. Yeah, that's probably you. So until very recently, Neville Southall was the record cap holder for Wales. Which three players now rank above him? Chris Gunter, Wayne Hennessy, Gareth Bale. They are. You are correct. They are the three. They've just reached the 100 cap mark. And uh, none of them are going to make the team because obviously they're all going to play in the World Cup or at least feature. How dare you come on our podcast and quiz us on Wales facts? <laughs> to be fair as well. You're I going in my Kevin one. De Bruyne box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Cool. So we are going to move into the defence, which is obviously three at the back. So three centre-backs. We will start with our right centre-back. And it is my dad, or someone who looks very similar to my dad. It's Steve Bruce. <laughs> I have never noticed that before. Yep. And now I will never unsee it. <laughs> yeah. Which probably means in is some way... Is your name Alex Bruce? Is this what's going <laughs> I on? I look a little bit like Steve Bruce. <laughs> yeah, but... Well... Uh, yeah. That's blown my mind. <laughs> I can't unsee that. Uh, if you want to go and see what George's dad looks like if you go back to our very very early stages of the podcast he was a guest <laughs> so we, I think we put a video of him maybe but yeah uh, Steve Glynn Bruce Thomas yeah. what was so, his name is? <laughs> uh, not only has he never gone to World Cup he's actually never played for England's first team has he no oh, am I right there is, and that is yeah and that is amazing because when he was at when he was like at the peak playing centre-back for Man United, he was brilliant mm. as a player. Not so much as a manager now, he's a bit hit and miss, but as a player, he was immense in centre-back. I rate him very highly. I think it, well, if you play that long under Alex Ferguson, you got to have something about you, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. He scored uh, 81 goals as a centre-back. What? 81? 81, 81 really? goals as a centre-back. Yeah. Wow. And he had the, cho- the choice to play for the Republic of Ireland. Jack Charlton offered him the chance to play for the Republic of Ireland, and he turned it down. And had he not turned it down, he wouldn't have made this list. So, you know. Cheers, Steve. Glenn. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Steve Bruce is one of the instances where you can say that not all footballers whose dad is a footballer are very good because Steve Bruce, very good. Alex Bruce, not very good. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Alex. Please come on the podcast. I'm not. I'm not sorry. Oh, actually, yeah. I'm sorry, Alex. (laughs) Right, so we'll move on to our next centre-back. Our next centre-back. I'll hit you with the next centre-back because I think you'll want to do the left centre-back. Yeah, I'll be honest, I was about to skip to him anyway. Yep, you go. Go on. Uh, so, in the centre of our def- our three-man defence, we've got Dutch international centre-back Barry Hulsoff. Now, there wasn't a lot that we could really research about him. He played in the uh, the late 60s and 70s, but he was part of the Ajax team that won six league titles and three consecutive European Cups. And Have you seen what he looks been- like? Oh, also, his name is Bernardus Adrian Barry Hulshoff. <laughs> what a fucking yeah. name! <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, me and Drew clearly didn't Sorry, know who this may, guy was. You may, conti- <laughs> yeah. you may continue with your real facts about this man as we marvel at his haircut and name. Oh, the, the hair is magnificent, isn't it? I remember when I was searching up this team. So he was very close to making it to the World Cup, but he picked up a really bad knee injury just before the 1974 tournament. And uh, the Dutch ended up going on to finish runners-up in that tournament. So he could have even, if he'd played, maybe, they'd have gone all the way. But yeah, he's tripped over the length of his own name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or the length of his hair, or beard. He's going in there. He's one of the the first ball-playing centre-backs. Won everything with Ajax. Sort of revolutionised the way they play football. That total football thing that Ajax was so dominant with in the 70s. He was a big part of that, but didn't play at World Cup. Well, well then lucky Barry. My second favourite Barry after Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> I just love a bit of Barry from EastEnders. Yeah, singer. Anyway. Fa- famously went to the World Cup, though, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> his nan's from Panama so he actually played against England in the last World Cup <laughs> alright let's move on to the next one so the next one is actually one of my favourite players of all time which is lovely this is Finnish God by the name of Sammy Herpia now Sammy Herpia well Record speech for himself. Signed for Liverpool in 99 for 2.6 million, which is a lot of money back in the day for a centre-back. And him and his blonde locks were majestic. An absolute stalwart at the back for Liverpool through a very successful period in the early 2000s. Won a lot of trophies. Had some questionable centre-back partnerships. Uh, but all the while, was absolutely solid himself. Scored a lot of goals. Uh, he's played for some incredibly named teams. Um, so, he's played for Pape, Kumu, my pa, these are all real things. Uh, Willem Tway, which is obviously an actual team. Liverpool and Bayer Leverkusen. And he made 105 appearances for Finland between 1992 and 2010. And not a single one of those appearances was at a major tournament. Yes, that's rough, isn't it? But there again, this, is, this isn't based on the fact that he is not a good player and didn't get into the squads or have injuries. It's just that Finland weren't very good at the time and therefore didn't get into any major tournaments whilst he was playing. He was. Fact here, the first ever non-British player to be Liverpool club captain. So he was the club captain at Liverpool just before Steven Gerrard took over. He was. And Steven Gerrard... Sammy Hippie was still at the club when Steven Gerrard took that off him, which is quite sad for Sammy, but... Yeah, I, I love Sammy Hippier. He's described as the best bit of business that Liverpool has ever done by um, ex-Liverpool captain Ron Yates. Well, Ron Yates is on crack then, because that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Sammy Hippier, but has he not heard of James Milner? I mean, come on. <laughs> George's face. Fucking hell. How have you managed to get it into this? Has James Milner been to a World Cup? Of course he has. He is the World Cup. (laughs) I'm going to call him Mr. World Cup for for nothing. What, is he one of the people holding up the world in the trophy? Yep. (laughs) You turn it around, it's like, oh, there's James Milner. 
Yeah, so actually, X on the bottom. Milner. <laughs> right, moving on into our midfield, and we're going to go with the right midfielder, um, a player I have watched so many videos of from the past just because, my God, what a skillful player he was. Uh, it's the man from Northern Ireland himself. Bit of controversy around him, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his football. Uh, it is George Best, possibly one of Manchester United's best number sevens. And regarding of who their number seven is at the moment, a big statement. Very big statement. It's a very big statement. But yeah, I mean, again, if you're basing it purely on Alex Ferguson's judgment of a player, you have to say that George Best is one of the best players ever because George Best was one of Alex Ferguson's players, that was one of Alex Ferguson's favourite ever players. I was going to say, he never played. There's a sentence in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Now, we love we love our football football names here, on like football team names here on Nostalgia. And he's got some great ones. Um, one of them, and I've never heard of this team in my life, after he left United, he went to the Jewish Guild. Pardon? Yep. The Jewish Guild it is a uh, a team in Johannesburg in South Africa. Um, wow. Yeah. I've never well, heard, he remember, only played five times for them. But Remember in our Mustache 11, we said we'd stumbled across a conspiracy theory that players in that time period made up clubs just so they could go on holiday Yeah, and pretend it was a loan spell so they could still yeah. get paid. I feel like George Best... Probably pissed at the time, was just like, oh, just write anything down. Don't care. <laughs> Jewish Guild, yeah, fine. It's like, George isn't a teammate. Yeah, oh, don't worry about it. No one's going to question it. Today, they yeah. are a lawn bowls team. They're not even a football team now. They're what? They're, they're a lawn bowls <laughs> team, according to Wikipedia. George so Best there's a was chance. a bowls player. <laughs> there's a chance that George Best played at the Bowls World Cup. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to point out the obvious. Is is George Best Jewish? Uh, uh, you, I don't know. <laughs> you would assume. I mean, do you have to be Jewish to play for well, the Jewish? You did Guild? the research for the so. tea. I, don't, I didn't read Jewish yeah. Guild. I sort of skipped over that. I was looking more at the international stats. Well, that's where you've let yourself down. <laughs> yeah. He only played 37 times for Northern Ireland because he didn't think they'd ever qualify for a tournament. So he just didn't He was right. They didn't qualify for anything until he retired where they could qualify for two World Cups and the 2016 European Championships. How close was it from him retiring from international football to them qualifying for the World Cup? Let's have a look. I can't get over the fact George Best was played for a team that is now a lawn bowling team. <laughs> how how weird is that? Well, so the last World Cup they appeared at was. Nineteen George Best retired from international football in nineteen seventy seven. 
So they were like, ha, lol. Let's <laughs> yeah. show him. All right, well, George Best has been spoken about on this podcast quite a lot. He was once picked in um, Steve Bruce, uh, sorry, Glenn Thomas's team. Uh, <laughs> so we'll move on from him onto a player who's currently still playing in the world of football. So there is a chance that he may qualify for a World Cup one day, unlikely due to the fact that he's 33 years old and Armenia aren't the best team in world football. I'll say that carefully as they're going into Wales's group for the next qualifiers for the Euros. Is Henrik Mikatarian, the man with the potentially most complicated surname in terms of spelling in world football? Because you think, where's the K go? Mikatarian, and there's a weird H in there. I don't know why. I still think Irish Just names are weirder. Change your name. Yeah, that's true. Debbie, lad. All right, so he's played for some big teams, some big, big teams. Uh, mainly Shakhtar, Borussia Dortmund, uh, United, Arsenal, Roma, and Inter Milan. So he's a bit like Zlatan in that he's actually getting better as he gets older. Yeah. Because he's 33 now and he's just signed for the current reigning Serie A champions. Do you think he starts? He started for Inter um, in the Champions League a couple of weeks ago and scored... um... Scored and assisted, or scored twice. It was one of the two. I play. So he's a good player. He's always been a good player. It's just I feel like he's been a bit unlucky. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, when he moved to England, um, United and Arsenal pushed him out wide, where he's probably better in the hole in the sort of ten position. Yeah. Uh, or given sort of more of a free role. So I think moving to England sort of ruined him a little bit before yeah, he's moved back to Italy. And... Well, here's a fact about Henrik Mkhitaryan that you might not know. Here's what's known as a polyglot, which means he can speak eight languages. Oh, I knew this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't and you name eight languages that he can speak. Should we well, go with English, and English? I'm assuming too. Italian. Uh yes, Armenian. Yes. yes. German. Yes. Spanish. No. Fuck. Italian. Italian. You only had Italian. Oh. Oh yeah, I did say. Uh Portuguese? Yes. Russian? Yes. Two more. So what have we got? Sorry. Where did, George cut out for where did he where did he where did he play? Famously German. before he came into mainland Europe. No, uh, Ukraine. Yes. Ukrainian. German. And then one more. Welsh. Fuck it. <laughs> no, right, so you've had Armenian, uh Portuguese, Russian, Ukrainian, English, Italian, German. There's one left. Uh, is it Ar- Arabic. Uh, European? Oh. It is European, not Arabic. Right. 
Go on. French? French. Oh, French. Don't they speak French in there Armenia? Or have I got that wrong? In some places. Uh, well, it's got Armen- Armenian listed as a language, so I guess not. Or maybe Armenia's, Armenia's on the border of Russia and Georgia in my area, so... Hmm. Right, well, how do you, how do you let's speak move on from geography though. because oh, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. So, Pat Nevin, the uh, former Scottish footballer, called Henrik Mkhitaryan the Armenian Frank Lampard because they sort of played the same way, burst into the box late, pick up a goal. And he is, as far as I'm aware, the only professional footballer to appear on postage stamps because in Armenia... He's on the postage stamps. Wow. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Did you not see the James Milner collection? Come <laughs> off. That's going to be a recurring I'm thing. I'm going. <laughs> it's already a recurring thing. I feel sorry for. <laughs> I feel sorry for Henrik Mkhitaryan because the week before Olivier Giroud scored his worldy oh, scorpion yeah. kick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mkhitaryan scored a scorpion kick. And everyone forgets about it because, oh, to be fair, he was also offside. Should point that yeah. out, but they counted. But he scored a lovely scorpion kick, and then for some reason, well, not for some reason, the obvious reason is Giroud scored that fluky one, and everyone goes on about that one. Good. Giroud's Giroud's was better. Like it looks yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hold my beer moment where someone's like, "Oh my god, Mkhitaryan scored a scorpion kick," and Giroud's like, "Hold my beer." There you go. That's just because Giroud looks better, just in general. Yeah, he's a man handsome he man, isn't he? Yeah. He's a very handsome man. Like no offense, Henrik. Although he's older than me. Shall we move on to someone us three 100% love? Um, and the tragedy behind it. We've spoken about him a lot on this uh, podcast. Uh, he is the reason he... Him as a manager is the reason that Wales are where they are now, I believe. Um, even though we've moved on quite a lot from then, I still believe he was the driving force behind the resurgence of the Welsh football team. It is Gary Speed himself. Legend. Legend. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, Without without Gary Speed's stint as Wales boss, they, they wouldn't be where they are today. He brought in a yeah. lot of those younger players that have formed the core group. Yeah, and also, so speak about we've spoken a lot about him as manager, but as a player as well, he was he was a brilliant player. He's what you needed as a central midfielder, I think. Yeah, sweet left foot, engine forever, motivation, Mm. and all leadership qualities could pop up with a goal as well. Yeah, and he's part of the uh, Wales. In our team today, yeah, represent. So, Gary Speed obviously was part of the uh, Wales team, which almost qualified for the Euros in two thousand four, but then Russia cheated and got in instead. Just know that. Uh, <laughs> but he did hold the record for a long time of having the most Premier League appearances at three hundred and thirty-five. Sorry, no, five hundred and thirty-five appearances in the Premier League, which is incredible. Is it Gareth Barry that broke it? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think David James and Ryan Giggs also 
uh, past him. Yeah, they also and then it, so. other players have gone past him now. I think Lampard did. Uh, I think James Milner did. Ah, uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he's been playing in the Premier League since he was like twelve. So, and he'll play forever. He's got good lactose yeah, Gary in Speed. his blood, or whatever it is. Yes. He's got asthma too. Don't question about that though. Anyway, Gary Speed, incredible player. We love Gary. Um, yeah, can't say enough about the wonders he did for Welsh football and and how he transformed our, our game to the point where we can talk about a World Cup eleven and not have to include Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, Joe Allen, all the our favourite Wales players because they're going to play in the World Cup. Touch wood, yeah. providing they don't get injured in the next two weeks. But, <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Everything that Gary Speed laid down has led to this moment of us getting into the biggest tournament in world football. So, shouts out to Gary. We love you. This World Cup's for you, boyo. Yeah, love that. Yeah. So, All right, let's move I'll on. Move, yep, I'll move us on to the the left side of midfield, and it's another winger with a statue built of them. It is, and it's also another ex Liverpool Finnish player. So it's going to be. Yari Litmanen, who's widely regarded as the best player Finland have ever produced. Finland captain before a certain Sami Hippia took over. Also, it's a player. Yeah, from a football family. His his mum and dad were both Finland internationals for football. Amazing. Yeah. So. Love that. That's in his blood. God, he had a good stint at Fulham, didn't he? Zero games. <laughs> well, he only played one season for Liverpool. I mean, oh, two seasons, career, sorry. A lot of his career at, um, in England was sort of haunted by injuries, wasn't it? And... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a little magician. A little magician. He The way he used to run around with the ball at his feet, just beautiful to watch. Mm. Um, I'll be honest, I don't really remember too much of him at Liverpool, but if you wa- go back and watch his Ajax highlights from the mid-90s, you couldn't touch him. Just an unbelievable football player. Like, the way he would drift through midfield. He reminds me sort of like David Silva in his play style because he's only small, but the way he used to dribble around and thread passes, just beautiful, beautiful footballer. Yeah, he, he's only signed for Ajax because he failed a trial at Stoya Bucharest. Well, I think... So I think he won that. I actually picked him up and then yeah, definitely won won out in the end there. Didn't he win the Champions League with Ajax? He did, didn't he? In ninety five. Uh, yeah, he would have. He would have been there. Apparently there was some sort of like internet thing we could check to see if that was true. Oh, yeah, he did. In by accident. Yeah. Yeah. I know stuff. If we go if we go on to international career though, playing 137 times for your for your national side is pretty pretty special. Um, shows how yeah. long he played, and obviously you said he was played by injuries, but he still managed to get himself right and ready for the Finland side. But unfortunately, never in the World Cup. Yeah, well, never in a major tournament. Finland didn't qualify for a no. tournament until two years ago when they qualified for the Euros. That was the first time they'd ever been to a major tournament. Yeah. There you go. Well, and now a great footballing nation with some great footballing heritage with Littmanen, Hippier, 
Uh, that striker that used to play for Birmingham. What's his name? Forsell. Mikhail Forsell. Oh. Yes! Forsell. Yes. No, what a man. Uh, Timu Puki and Joel Pop. Blah, 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 blah. That plays up front for him. Oh, yeah, does he? Who's he play for? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right, we're going to move on from uh, butchering people's names to someone with an incredibly long name, if you say it all in tandem. So, on the left hand, no, sorry, on the right hand side of our attacking trio, we've got the one and only George Taulon Mane Opong Osman Weyer, otherwise known as George Weyer, uh, current president of Liberia, the country he represented at international level. He made 75 appearances for them, scoring 18 goals between 1986 and 2018. That seems wrong. Returned after a 16-year break to play for Liberia as part of his presidential campaign at the age of 61. Ah, Respect that. But yeah, this man, we've spoken about him before. He is an incredible player. I think he was up front for my Heroes 11 uh, because of the amazing work he's done in Liberia. And what a player. What a player. Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about is the team names which of course we always talk about on this podcast so today is no different so yes he didn't play for in a world cup because liberia uh let's be honest aren't very good at football apart from george Ware. so george Ware, if i work in reverse last played for al jazeera he played for marseille played for man city chelsea ac milan paris saint-germain monaco and then here we go we've got toner tonera Yaounde, Africa From Sports, Cap- which <laughs> the Invincible Eleven, which will probably be an episode that comes up for us at some stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mighty, <laughs> yeah, Mighty Barol, <laughs> and then he started his career at Bong Range United. So to put that into content, into context, he has played. In Liberia, the Ivory Coast, Cameroon, France, Italy, England, and the UAE. It's really annoying. Bong Range United don't even have a Wikipedia page, so we can't even find out anything about them. His his youth career was spent at a team called Young Survivors. Well, that that <laughs> might get, be to go from that to being the president of the country. I was going to say, young survivors might be in, like, I'm assuming something happened, but um, I like, I also like the idea that, like, <laughs> as part of his presidential campaign, he went back to play for Liberia for a bit. Imagine, like, the equivalent here. I know he wasn't a professional footballer, but, like, Rishi Sunak up front in the World Cup this year just gets announced in the squad. <laughs> hey, if, if Matt Hancock can go into I'm a Celebrity, Rishi Sunak can play for England. <laughs> You know, like imagine that. Like, oh, there's a cost of living crisis. Oh, at the back post, Sunak. <laughs> <laughs> you know what his celebration would be, though, uh, don't you? He'd run up to the corner flag and hold the red briefcase up. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
Every goal uh, and assist, he knocks tenner off your uh, energy bill. <laughs> that you've got to pay back later. Right. Let's anyway, see. let's not get political. We've, yeah, well, that's... he is a politician oh. as well, George Weir. A much better one than Rishi Sunak, I would imagine. Yeah. Imagine? Imagine. Let's move on from George. I presume so. So, on the left side of our front three, and probably the best player to never play at a World Cup, which uh, might cause some controversy. We've got George Best in there. We've got a load of other legends on there. I've got the blonde arrow, Alfredo Di Stefano, the Real Madrid legend who played for three different nations during his international career. So, during his time as an Argentina player, he scored six goals in six games. He then switched to Colombia, playing four games, and then switched again to play for Spain, where he made 31 appearances and scored 23 goals. So, for this guy, obviously we can acknowledge that he's an incredible football player and that he... It was widely regarded as one of the best goal scorers of all time. However, I've got to call out his integrity yeah. for trying to get to the World Cup with three different teams. You can't do that. So basically, he started the qualifying campaign for Argentina in 47 and was like, nah, it's not going very well. Gonna have to jump ship. Goes to Colombia, tries to save. He's like, no, nope, this isn't working out. And then to Spain, he's like, yes, it's going to happen. And then decides, oh, actually, no, didn't qualify. Just going to retire from internationals. He did yeah, actually. I don't like that. I don't. It was the, the same when Spain and then got injured and couldn't play. No, that's what you get for cheating on Colombia and for cheating on Argentina. It's it's what I I hated about Diego Costa as well doing that. Like you can't you can't like you can move your uh, club team all you like. You can't move national team. You st- you pick a national team that you're playing for, whether it's through family, whether it's where you were born, whether whatever, and you stick to them. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. His name is Declan Rice. Yeah, I think he was he was yeah. unlucky with Argentina and Colombia because there was that that tiny little World War Two going on while he was playing for them. So they actually cancelled all the World Cups for that point, and then oh, nope, don't care. <laughs> but. During the, during Did you say World War II was going on while he was playing for them? While he was playing for Colombia and Argentina, yeah. Or it had just finished, so they were... I've got around. 1947 and 1949. Yeah. So they'd cancelled all the World Cups War, in maybe. between that. So they didn't start up again up until the 50s, did they? So throughout the whole 40s, there wasn't a World Cup. Ah. But oh, talking see. about... Yes. Talking about that that switch in nations things. During the 1962 World Cup, Di Stefano would have been, um, his strike partner, had he been fit, would have been Ferenc Pushkas for Spain. Because he played... Spain just, they signed all these players and then they poached them from other national teams. So they poached um, Pushkas from Hungary after he'd done so well in the last World Cup. It just doesn't like. Uh... And then to be, that's a trend though, because they did that with Diego Costa, like you said, and they also did it with Ayrton Laporte. Yeah, but at least Laporte hadn't played for France up until. Had he played for France up until that point? 
in a friendly competitively. Yeah. yeah. No respect. Yeah. But an incredible player and one that <laughs> yeah. deserves his spot in this team. I'm glad you never played. <laughs> right. Here we go. To top off this team, the striker, the centre forward, never played at a World Cup, despite being one of the best players to grace the English shores and potentially the world, actually. It is Eric Daniel Pierre Cantona, France international. Uh, applied his trade at Auxerre, uh, Marseille, Bordeaux, Montpellier, Nîmes, Leeds, and then, of course, famously for Manchester United. Played for France 45 times between 1987 and 1995. Never made it to the World Cup, which is really sad that he retired three years before they won <coughs> the World Cup, which is a bit sad for them or for him. Yeah. Um, but I do wonder, did he play? And you can have to find this out because I didn't know this. He played from 1997 after he retired from professional football. He went and played beach football. Did he play at the Beach Football World Cup? And if so, is he still eligible for this list? Wow. <laughs> nah, we're talking he, football. He actually, football World Cup. He was actually suspended from the uh, 1994 World Cup squad because he called French manager Henri, Henri Michel a bag of shit on live TV. But what <laughs> if it's true? <laughs> but, so he got an indefinite suspension. <laughs> Imagine him saying that on TV. It's like, we're going to go live to the French camp for reaction. And it's just a bag on the floor. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the man's a loose cannon. Yeah, he is a loose cannon. I mean, he got, what, banned for two years for kicking a fan in the face? So, yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, he's just insane, isn't he? He now supports England and absolutely hates the French national team. So, at the past few tournaments, he's been supporting England. Why? Because the French national team kept suspending him because he was being a gobshite. And he knows in England, they get away with that. Yeah. (laughs) So, if if we talk about um, post-football careers... Uh, Eric Cantona is now an actor and director. Yeah, it, he's actually I, a very good actor as well. Yeah, it upsets me though that if you search his name on Google, it says French actor rather than French ex-football player because I feel like that's his that's his main claim to fame. Although, yeah, he is a very good actor actually. But what was his first acting role? Come on, uh, I would say it was probably calling his manager um, a bag of shit. I would say it pro- probably was uh, the. Uh, Are you searching, Andrew? You're looking just, down. No, I'm just thinking. I'd say it's probably uh, a lot, a lot. 11, uh, um, 11, um, 11, 11 men um, against 11 as uh, a player in a television film from 1995, I would guess. That might have been it. His first role as an actual actor after retiring as a footballer was as a rugby player. I can see that. Oh. Yeah. Was that in the 1995 film Happiness in the Field? <laughs> or the 1998 film Elizabeth? Or Mookie? 
or the children of the marshland, or the high life, or the overeater, or the car keys, or it's our life, or une belle histoire, or Lisa et le pilote d'avion. My, my favourite is Paul in the Hood. Or, <laughs> We're getting there. Or the second I wind. Or like the car keys. That's the name of the Arctic Monkeys new album. Uh, Jack says, Black Butterfly, French French film. That's the name of the film. Looking for Eric, <laughs> where he plays himself. Uh, La Liste, uh, Together is Too Much. Switch, De Force. Uh, Etriante, Porn in the Hood, where he plays a football coach. Good lad. Uh, hit Moves, You and the Night, The Class of 92, The Salvation, The Mad Kings, Marie and the Misfits, Anchor, Ulysses and Mona, Inhuman Resources, which I've seen is very good, and Sir Alex Ferguson, Never Give In. To be fair, that's a, it's a good filmography there. Is it? A, Have you seen yeah. any of those films? No, I mean, as in there's a lot of them. That's like saying... Uh, just trying to think of a play. That's like saying like Michael Chopra's dead good because he played a load of teams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know why he I chose Michael Chopra for that. He scored a few for Sunderland. <laughs> yeah, that was a fucking he never played at World Cup, did he? <laughs> that was a India cheap shot of Michael Chopra as well. Can we just appreciate that? That was fucking cheap. <laughs> Drew just went for the kill, he... went for the throat, was like, fuck you, Michael Chopra. He's he's rightly regarded as being a massive knobhead, so I think oh, is he? I'll get is away he? with that is one. He? Is he? <laughs> Right, well, uh, clearly Eric Cantona was too busy being in all those amazing films to get to the World Cup. However, controversially, in 2005, he won the FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup. Did he win it? We need to put some, he yeah, won it! We need some dramatic music in there. Ooh, get him out. Get him out the team. Get him out. <laughs> he actually... That's so funny. He did. Okay. So now, unfortunately, we're going to have to take him out and put in Michael Chopra. Okay. Yep. I'm good with that. India International, Michael Chopra. There you go. Good night. Why See you later. Just came into my head. We've been nostalgia. I mean, <laughs> there's so many better players that never went to a. No, Michael Chopra. Put in instead of Michael Bye. Chopra. <laughs> Michael Chopra. Michael Chopper never even played for an international team, so <laughs> he definitely didn't go to the World Cup. Let's just uh, replace French with French. We'll uh, move um, Di Stefano into the centre and put uh, David Ginola on the. Uh, no, the no, no, no. Michael Chopper. <laughs> yeah. Who's better, Chopper or Ginola? Chop. <laughs> What did David Ginola ever do? Did he play for Carolta Bastards? No. <laughs> right, oh. well, we've, we managed to get there in the end. Um, there are some honourable mentions that we could have had. Um, as we just said, David Ginola, Ian Rush, Owen's written down Nobby Solano. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Uh, Matt Letizia never made it to a World Cup. You never make it in this podcast either, racist bastard. <laughs> yeah. 
No, okay, I'll back up. Except he he did um, actually make it into this podcast as um, Glenn, Steve, Bruce, Thomas picked him in his team. Oh, we didn't know he was racist then. <laughs> Matt Letizia, not my dad, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Glenn, Steve, Sorry, whatever you Glenn. know. Uh, yeah, so we're going to make... Uh, Gary Speed, our player manager for this team, because Owen yes. had selected a manager, but he literally wrote the words, Carlos Alberto Pereira, I cheated. He never played in the World Cup because he never played professionally. So on that basis, the coach could also be any one of the three of us because we have also never played in the <laughs> World Cup or professionally. In fact, yeah, stuff it. Let's put us as the coach for this team. There you go. We're going to get this team to the World Cup. Can we wear white visors I mean, and sunglasses with our moustaches? Yes. Yeah, we'll go as the, well, you know the Spice Boys from uh, the <laughs> 1995 World <laughs> yeah. Cup final? We're going to go as that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Good. Great. Cool. There it is. There's yeah. our Never Made It to the World Cup 11. Uh, we, we got there eventually. The chaos, as we mentioned last time, is back in full force. Um, long may it rain. Yeah. Long may it rain. So... We're going to go through the team one more time and then let you on your merry way. So, we went for a 3-4-3 formation. In goal, we had Neville Southall. And in defence, we had Steve Bruce, Barry Holshoff and Sammy Hippier. Right. In midfield, we had George Best on the right-hand side. In the centre, we had Henrik Mikitarian and Gary Speed. And on the left-hand side, we had Yari Lippmanen. Up top, we have, on the right-hand side, we have George Weyer. Left-hand side, we have Alfredo Di Stefano. And up front, we have the one and only Michael Chopra. Thank you very much. <laughs> or, you know, star of Ginola. <laughs> Eric Cantona's very famous co-star in Porn in the Hub, Michael Chopra. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's that team. Uh, that is a team of players that never made it to the World Cup. Right, everyone. Thanks again for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you coming back uh, to listen to this episode. Uh, before we let you go, a reminder to go check us out on socials. We've got some fun content coming out. These videos, the three of us together, are going to be hilarious because, uh, well, as we mentioned, chaos reigns supreme when the three of us podcast together. So get ready for yeah. some hilarious videos, some unseen content, and some stuff we didn't put in the episodes because it was deemed uh, not good enough for the audio, but fun <laughs> for the video. Just a reminder, those socials are at Nostalgia FC Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And if you want to get in uh, touch with us on email, it is nostalgiafcpod at gmail.com. Yes. All right. Any, any more for any more? No. no I think Michael Chopper, you're a bellend. How about that? Sorted. Nice. Cool. Uh, we def- <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Well, thanks for coming back. Uh, if you want to listen to more of this, come back next time. If you don't, I totally get it. That was Nostalgia <laughs> FC. <laughs> this was Nostalgia FC podcast. Uh, that was our never played at the World Cup 11. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. You two are dickheads. <laughs>
Hey, you guys got prostates, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, we do. Yep. Prostate cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in men in the UK. Globally, more than 1.4 million men are diagnosed with prostate cancer each year. The key is to know the facts and take action early. Yeah, so here's what you need to do and when. When you are 50, you need to have a conversation with your doctor about PSA test- testing. If you are black, do it at 45. And if you have a family history of it, also do it at 45. Now, there's no need to worry. A PSA test is just a simple routine blood test. It's used to determine the measurement of prostate-specific antigen, or PSA, concentration in your blood. It's primary method of testing for prostate cancer. You should be talking about it to your doctor when testing is right for you. Exactly. So we're not experts in prostate cancers or prostates. We are all under the age of 45, but it's still good to know the facts. So instead of explaining them all to you, you should head to the Movember page and have a look at their prostate cancer section. We're going to include a link to that on the bottom of this episode. So make sure you go and check it out if you have any concerns or you just want to know more.